This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion, one verse at a time. Well, hello, and thank you for joining me on the One Verse Podcast. Have you ever struggled with James 2, 14-26, and what it says about dead faith? Lots of people read this passage and see that faith without works is dead, and so they wonder if they have enough works, or the right kind of works, in order for their faith to be true and genuine and real saving faith. Lots of pastors and books and so on will even make you doubt your faith if you don't You know, you're not righteous enough or don't have the right kind of good works or maybe you sin in your life. You know, you need to check and see whether your faith is real faith or whether you have dead faith. If you've ever struggled with those sorts of questions, that is what we are going to try to answer for you today. Now, before we get to that, I do want to invite you to listen to my new favorite political podcast. Usually I listen to theology and Bible podcasts. And then I listen to some talk shows on the radio about politics. And then I also listen to podcasts about podcasting and writing books and so on. But my new uh, political podcast favorite is the Think Outside Politics podcast. I like their approach to politics because uh, they seem to be very balanced, unlike a lot of the news and other things that is out there right now. And they also talk about subjects that are in the news that people are talking about. Last week, they interviewed me about just war and pacifism. We had a wonderful discussion about whether or not it is right and just for nations to go off to war, and if pacifism is a viable option in confronting evil that is in the world. So anyway, we had a great discussion. If you want to listen in on that discussion, go to thinkoutsidepolitics.com, my Uh, interview that we had with them, I think is the second episode now down from the top. They have a new one on there, I saw. Um, And anyway, listen to it there. Better yet, go to iTunes and just subscribe to the podcast. I think you will really enjoy it as much as I am, especially with there's so much going on in the world today regarding politics. I saw some Supreme Court decisions that have been coming down this week that some people are happy about, some people are upset about. I don't know if they're going to talk about that on the Think Outside Politics podcast, but maybe it's an idea for them. Kent, Anthony, you listening? (laughs) All right, good. Well, listen, go go, uh, listen to the interview and uh, let me know what you think. Okay? So, we are going to discuss dead faith in James 2, 14 to 26. If you want to follow along, you can go over to the pod, I'm sorry, the blog post I've written on this, which is redeeminggod.com slash deadfaithjames2, 14 to 26. There's some dashes in there, but probably just go to my site, redeeminggod.com. It will be one of the blog posts near the top. So when James writes in James 2, 14 to 26 about faith and dead faith, Uh, Many people, including many pastors and authors and bloggers and scholars, think that he is referring to a faith that does not exist. And let me just tell you right now, that is not a correct reading of James chapter 2. James is not saying that dead faith is non-existent faith. In fact, he's saying the exact opposite. And that's what I am going to defend. That's what I am going to show you today. So what is dead faith? It's useless faith. In fact, useless is a very good synonym 
or even a translation of the word that James uses there in James 2, 14-26. So dead faith does exist, it's just a useless faith. It is ineffective. It is not accomplishing in our life what God wants the faith to accomplish. Okay, and then James used, I'm just sort of tipping my hand here, James uses this illustration of a body without the spirit is dead. You know, just as a body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. And you know that a dead body, it does exist, right? You can see it lying there. So, But it's just not moving around. It's not functioning properly. And that is also how to understand dead faith. Dead faith does exist just like a dead body exists. It's just not functioning properly. All right, so I'm going to defend that idea in the rest of this podcast episode. Now, to understand James 2, 14 to 26... Pretty much like every other difficult passage in the Bible, you have to understand, properly define some of the key words and key phrases that are in the passage. And James 2 has three key words that you must understand. One of them is the word faith. Obviously, if we want to know what dead faith is, well, we first need to know what faith itself is. And in my Gospel Dictionary online course, I do try to carefully define faith for you. And in the lesson on faith, I define faith as a belief or conviction or even a persuasion that something is true. You believe something when you know it is true. All right? So that's faith. The other word, one of the other words you need to properly understand in James chapter 2 is the word save. Right? Because James asks... Uh, Can faith without works save you? (laughs) The answer, obviously, is no. And so people say, see, you need works in order to be saved. Well, I would agree with James on that, but we must define the word saved. All right, the word saved in Scripture, in the Bible, basically means the same thing it does in all of our modern-day speech. If you're watching soccer or in other parts of the world football right now, and someone makes a shot at the goal, and the goalie saves it, right? Has he just saved uh, his team so that they can have forgiveness of sins and go to heaven when they die? (laughs) No, he saved the goal. He stopped the other team from making the goal. I've talked about this in numerous previous podcasts before, but Jesus and the disciples are out in a boat. Big storm comes up. Jesus has fallen asleep in the bow. And the disciples are afraid they're going to drown. And so they cry out, Jesus, save us. Are they saying, Jesus, forgive us our sins so we can escape hell and go to heaven when we die? No, they are afraid of drowning in the sea. And so they want Jesus to wake up and rescue them, deliver them. And that rescue or deliver is a proper, even a best definition or even a translation of the Greek word sozo or soteria. All right, the salvation Uh, save word family. So I would invite you, as you're reading through the Bible, anytime you come across the word save, salvation, saved, something like that, right? Don't think, forgiveness of sins, you can go to, uh, you know, escape hell, go to heaven when you die. Don't think that. Think instead, deliver, deliverance. And then look in the context to find out what kind of deliverance is in view. And usually you'll discover it has something to do with uh, deliverance from some sort of temporal calamity, sickness, physical death, enemies, right? Premature death, something like that. And uh, that is how to understand the word save. So you can do that here in James 2 as well, and we're going to do that in just a minute. But let's first just talk about this third word, third key word in James chapter 2. 
which is the word dead, obviously. <laughs> we want to know what dead faith is, so we need to understand what is meant by the word dead. And when you look at the word dead in the Bible, by the way, this word also is discussed in my Gospel Dictionary online course. So is the word saved, or, or at least it will be when I get to it. Um, the word dead means separated from the life goal or purpose that God has planned it, planned for you. All right, so if something is dead, it does not mean non-existent. Never does it mean non-existent. All right, a dead tree very much exists. It's just not accomplishing the purpose or the goal that God wants that tree to accomplish. Same thing with a dead body. A dead body very much exists. All right, so um, that that is, the dead sea right? The sea is there. You can go sit. You can go sit on this shore. You can even bathe in it if you want to. Float around in it. I've never done that, but I've seen pictures. The sea exists, but it is not, um, it's not, not full of life. It's dead. It does not have in it, is not accomplishing what a sea normally accomplishes, giving life to the fish and seaweed and so on that's in it, okay? Anyway, that's the idea. Dead never, ever, ever in the Bible means non-existent. So that helps us see right now that dead faith is not and cannot be non-existent faith. It very much exists. Okay, with that in mind then, let's look at James 2, 14 to 26, uh, with these three uh, key words in mind. In fact, let's just back up a little bit and look at the context. It's always important to look at the context. Five key rules of Bible study. One, context. Two, context. Three, context. Four, context. And five, context. All right, so in, in the, the context of James 2 helps us understand what James is saying. In the immediate, we could study the whole book, but in the immediately preceding context, in James chapter 2, the first 13 verses, James is talking about how there is favoritism in the church. Some of the wealthier members of the church are getting better treatment than the poorer members. Right? They get more attention, they get better seats at the fellowship meal, probably people pay more uh, you know, respect and honor to them, and James is saying, that's not right. Now following this, James continues to address how the poor and needy in the church are treated. I would think that we could even go beyond this and say not just in the church, but we could apply this to society and culture as well. And you can even look around today and how the poor and needy are treated versus the rich and the powerful and the famous. All right, James is saying that when it comes to helping the poor and needy in the community, whether it's in your church community or in your neighborhood community, here's what James is saying. When it comes to helping the poor, faith is not enough. Right? It's not enough to tell someone that you believe God can clothe them, right? You go to a poor person, I believe God can give you food and clothing. Well, good. <laughs> I mean, obviously God can, right? Faith, good job with your faith there. Or, or maybe in, in some Christian circles, we would say, I'll pray for you, brother. Oh, you lost your job, your car's broken, you can't put food on the table for your kids. I'll pray for you, brother. Well, good. Good job praying to, to, to God to provide for the needs of this other person. But James is saying, go further than faith. 
go further than prayer. Don't just tell this brother or sister who's in need that you believe God can provide for them. Don't just tell this other brother or sister that you're going to pray for them. What good is that? (laughs) That's not going to save you, all right? In other words, that's not going to help them. It's not going to save, deliver, rescue your relationship with them, your witness. Um, If you want to help another brother or sister in need, don't just have faith that God can provide for them. Don't just pray that God will give them food and clothing. Why don't you provide for them? Why don't you give them food and clothing? Right? So is your faith going to do anything by itself? Faith by itself without action, is it going to do anything for the poor and hungry? James's answer? No, it won't. If you're genuinely concerned about the poor and hungry in your midst, you know, it's fine to believe faith in God is the starting point. Prayer that God would provide for their needs is the starting point. But James is saying that's not the end of it. The reason, James says, that God has pointed out these needs to you of the poor and the sick and the orphans and the widows in in your midst is not so that you can pray for them and believe that God will provide for them, but so that you can help them, that you can be part of the solution. Yes, God wants to do something. Yes, God wants to answer your prayers. Yes, God wants to meet their needs. And guess how God wants to do that? He wants to do it through you. We could summarize James 2, 14-26 this way. Faith by itself is worthless when it comes to helping the poor. That's James 2, 14-26 in a nutshell. Notice that James is not saying anything whatsoever about faith in Jesus for eternal life. I dare you, look through the text, try to find anything in here about forgiveness of sins so you can escape hell and go to heaven when you die. It is not there. Why? (laughs) Because that is not the point of James's passage. It's not what he's talking about. He's talking about how to take care of the hungry and the needy and the poor in our midst. And if you believe God can meet those needs, but you yourself don't do anything, to help meet those needs, James says, well, then your faith is dead. It's worse. It's worthless. It is useless. What good is your faith if it doesn't encourage you to go and actually do something about the needs that God brings to your attention? Now, notice the faith does exist. James isn't challenging that. He's just saying your faith is not accomplishing its intended purpose. God wants our faith in him and what he can do to spur us to step out and do things that turn our faith into action, right? When we pray for something, God wants our prayers, that he wants us to seek to be an answer to our own prayers. I wrote about this in my book, What is Prayer? All right, there's a chapter in there called Be an Answer to Your Own Prayers or Answer Your Own Prayers. I'm convinced most of the time that when we pray for something, God says, great, I want to answer your prayer through you. Whatever you pray about, the next prayer you should pray about is, okay, God, I prayed for this need, this issue. How can I be part of the solution? All right. Faith is, faith in God is not, you know, letting go and letting God. You sometimes hear that. Just let go and let God handle. That's not faith. 
Faith is trusting that God is going to work in us and through us as we step out in faith to accomplish the need that he has brought to our attention. And if we don't do that, well, we do have the faith, but it is inactive. It is dead. It is useless. It is worthless. All right, so what is dead faith in James 2? Verses, it's, it's mentioned in verses 16 and 26. It's just faith that is not accompanied or empowered by works. All right, the, the faith is real faith. It does exist. It's just not accomplishing what God wants. And again, just to bring up this illustration of the body, when a person's spirit leaves their body, does that body continue to exist? Yes, it does. All right? We cannot say that a dead body never actually existed. You hear people say that. Uh, Dead faith uh, is spurious faith. It is faith that uh, was false faith. It never actually existed, right? (laughs) Well, you can't say that about a dead body. The dead body did exist. It was alive. It was walking around. It was functioning. So also with faith. Dead faith did exist, does exist. It's just not accomplishing what God wants it to accomplish, intends for it to accomplish, the same as with a dead body. So that's James 2, 14 to 26. I know there's probably lots of other questions you have about this passage. For example, this whole talk about demon faith and Abraham's faith in the middle of the passage. I'm not going to get into that because my only point in this podcast episode was to talk about the word dead faith. There's lots of other issues. But I do have several articles on my website which might help you understand the rest of the passage. You can go to Google and search for uh, what is demon faith in James 2. Uh, my site, redeeminggod.com, will typically come up in the in the top one or two spots if you search for demon faith in James 2. Uh, also, if you just want sort of a whole overview, broad overview of James chapter 2, I do have a, a longer study. It was a sermon I preached several years back, and uh, you can also find that just by searching Google for it. Or you just go to my website, redeeminggod.com, scroll all the way to the bottom, and there's a search area down there, and you can search for James 2, 14 through 26 that way as well. So what is dead faith? I hope you've understood. It's very simple. Dead faith is not non-existent faith. It very much exists. And people who have dead faith truly do have actual and real faith. But their faith is inactive. It is useless. It is not accomplishing what God wants it to accomplish in this life. So if you see, this is not something, dead faith is not something to be worried about whether or not you don't have enough works or the right works or enough kind of works in order to go to heaven when you die. No, look, the promise of Jesus, the message of Paul, the message of the entire Bible is God gives eternal life to anyone who believes in him for it. Simple, right? There's no works attached to faith in order to receive eternal life. Either before you believe, in in, in believing, or after you believe, all right? Just believe in Jesus and you have eternal life. Jesus guarantees it. And once you have eternal life, though, God wants you to start living as a follower of Jesus and putting your faith into practice, making this world a better place, helping people, loving people, serving people, forgiving people, just like Jesus. And we often need faith to accomplish those things as well, but faith that practices what it preaches in a sense. Not so that we can have eternal life, but because we have eternal life, okay? 
So anyway, lots of questions I know, but uh, hopefully this sort of freed you up from this fear that maybe you have dead faith. Next time you hear a pastor or preacher read a book that warns you if you don't have the right good works, maybe your faith is dead. Don't believe them. Don't listen to them. Just recognize you do have faith and you need to put it into practice. Hey, thank you so much for listening. And also, if you want to find out what I think about just war theory, is there any war that is just and righteous and good? Or pacifism. You probably have read some of the things or heard some of the things I've taught in the past about pacifism. And I've said I'm not a pacifist. Uh, And you might wonder what I mean by that, because I do not endorse violence of any kind. I, uh, I reject all calls to violence. We're seeing lots of calls to violence in the political world today right now, and I reject all of them. Anyway, if you want to find out what I believe about all that, please go listen to the interview, the excellent interview on, on the podcast, the Think Outside Politics podcast. Uh, we had a wonderful discussion there uh, with Kent and Norman and Anthony. And uh, I think you will benefit from that as well. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next week when we are right back here studying another passage from Scripture in an attempt to give you freedom and help you break free from your wrong ideas about God that you might have picked up somewhere along the way. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then. Okay, bye.